13. We will look at verse 47 through verse 50. If you are able to stand, it would be a blessing if you would, if you're able. If not, don't worry about it. Uh, We'd like to stand for the reading of God's word. All right. We had a great fish fry this past Friday, the Friday fish fry. You almost have to think about saying that before you say it. Lots of food, fellowship, it was good. How many of you partook of the fish fry? Hallelujah. And yet there's room. So, One of the things I enjoy about the fish fry is catching the fish. We schedule a fish fry, and I say, fellas, it's our ministry now. We're just, we're just, and if you have a boat named Visitation, you just get out there and tell your wife, I'm out on visitation. <laughs> Preparing for the fish fry. And we had a variety, we had pike, we had wahoo. Yeah, you don't get that everywhere. The local fireman department fish fry didn't have wahoo, I'll guarantee you. We had lots of bluegill and crappie and catfish and bass. We didn't have walleye. We missed out on walleye this year. The walleye man didn't didn't bring it this year. But he brought us pike. We had uh, hush puppies. That's right. You hold one in front of your face, your tongue will slap you. We had We had onion strings, fried onion strings. It's a very healthy meal that we had Friday. Very healthy. We we're trying to get people to heaven early. Verse 47, again, says Jesus, the kingdom of heaven is like unto. So that's the end of the again, because he's been giving us parables about the kingdom of heaven, and each one is distinctively different, as this one is as well. It's like unto a net that was cast into the sea, this sermon will be about fishing. I'm already excited. And gathered wahoo and northern pike. That's in the Greek. Of every kind. Which when it was full, they drew to shore and sat down and gathered the good into vessels, but cast the bad Away. So shall it be at the end of the world. The angels shall come forth and sever the wicked from among the just, and shall cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Well, that doesn't sound exciting. Well, one, I've got good news. Ain't none of you have to be there. You don't have to be part of the bad, the castaway, the unjust, the bad. You just don't have to. 
There is a way of you being part of the good. That's a blessing. Another blessing is, there's another application to this that I, I'm excited about sharing, to be quite honest. So, we'll have a word of prayer. We'll hear a special. Actually, we'll have a word of prayer. Sit down, hear a special. Actually, we'll have a word of, yeah, that's it. Father, we love you. We pray that you bless the service. Thank you for the word of God. May the Holy Spirit minister to our hearts this morning. Teach us, instruct us, bless this special music. Help us to be attentive to your voice. May you remove distractions. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, beautiful wife. That was, that was awesome. All right. <clears throat> I have wrestled with this passage all week, and then last night the Lord gave me some illumination. So in this parable, just by means of review, the Lord says the kingdom of heaven is like a man that cast a net into the sea, and when the net got full, he got excited. He didn't say that. He pulled that net out. Not everything in the net was worth keeping. And so we find him, by the way, anybody that's fished, not everything that gets on the line is worth keeping, is it? Yeah. As a matter of fact, the title of the sermon is Not Everything You Catch is Worth Keeping. Not everything you catch is worth keeping. This is very applicable in many, many areas. But to continue on in our story and to understand the context is very, very important for us. To know precisely what Jesus said. And Jesus interprets the parable. He says, he says, well, it's interpreted this way at the end of the world. He interprets it. By the way, when Jesus interprets it, there's no questions that need to be asked. We know what it means. And he deals with the latter portion of it, the, the assortment, the separation. And he talks about, he says, at the end of the world, the angels are going to uh, sort out those who are saved and those who are not. Those who are just and those who are not. Those who are going to heaven and those who are not. That tells us a number of things. Number one, that tells us God knows the difference. And the question might be asked, well, how come they're all in the same net? Well, it is interesting that the influence of Christianity can bring in a multitude of people, even unsaved people. All you got to do is go back to the book of Numbers. You discover when Egypt uh, had the children of Israel under bondage and God miraculously delivered the Israelites from Egypt. I mean, he brought the plagues upon the Egyptians and then he opened the Red Sea and the people of Israel come through the Red Sea miraculously. Then they begin to wander in the wilderness. God feeds them with bread from heaven. He gives them water out of a rock. And then we discover there are some people in Numbers chapter 11 that are in that crowd. They're in that same crowd that witnessed the miracles that were part of the people of God. They're in that crowd and they got sick of the manna and it says they're called a mixed multitude. They were among them, but they were really not part of them. 
Well, hey, that can happen. Judas hung out with Jesus for three years and was not saved. Hello. So really, the primary lesson I draw from this is we, God knows the difference between counterfeits. And you know, the beauty of all of this is you and I do not have to be counterfeits, do we? That's up to us. People are counterfeits for many reasons, and I don't really want to get into all the reasons, but I could say a few. They're counterfeits, one, because they're afraid of what the crowd will think. They're afraid of what the crowd will think. They're afraid of the possible consequences if they come out as a Christian. Uh, uh, Let me just say this. The other crowd has come out. Why don't we? They came out of the closet and they pushed us back in. What's that all about? Oh, no, 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 no. See, God knows the difference. Either way, He knows the difference. And listen, uh, uh, anytime you throw a net out, there's an opportunity that you might catch a few good uh, uh, fish and a lot of junk. And then there's an opportunity that, but, but either way, you're going to keep the few good fish, even though among, they're among the lot of junk. Uh, was Lot not saved, rescued, even though he was in Sodom? Well, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, <clears throat> the fact of the matter is, if you catch a lot of fish and a little junk, God still knows how to sort that out. He does. But I want to talk to you about this, okay, so that's very, very important, because that is the text, that's what the Lord's dealing with, and I would tell you right now, if you do not know for certain you're going to heaven, if you do not know in your heart that you're a child of God, if you're not confident that you've been born again, I'm here to tell you, you can be confident today. These things are written that you may know that you may have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God, and that you may uh, uh, know that you have eternal life. Uh, actually, it says it twice there. These things are written to them that believe in the name of the Son of God, that they may know that they may have eternal life, and that they may believe in the name of the Son of God. That's how it's actually quoted. God wants us to know, God wants us to have assurance that you can be His child. And once you are, you will always be His child. You can't slip out of His hand. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He delighteth in His way, and though He fall, He shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth Him with His hands. That's a blessing. But, I have to mention that. That's absolutely vital. The most important aspect of the ministry here is bringing people to Jesus Christ and helping us examine ourselves, whether we be in the faith. Even Peter said, make your calling and election sure. It's more important that you know you're going to heaven than it is that you make me think you're going to heaven. You need to know. Hey, dear teenager, it's more important that you know you're going to heaven than you make your mom and dad think you're going to heaven. You need to know. God wants you to know. God wants to give you that sweet assurance that's available in His Word and His truth on the solid rock. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground. Here's why people doubt. Because they've been putting their foot on other ground. And that's shaky ground. Just keep it on Jesus. Not even your works get you into heaven. Hello. And as much as I enjoy having you in church, your church attendance doesn't get you into heaven. There's one and one thing only, and that is your faith in Jesus Christ. And the Bible says, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. That's good news. You're not going to be ashamed of somebody that rescues you, that saves you, are you? So now, the Lord teaches us this great doctrinal truth, but he also reveals something very applicable to us right now. Oh, you don't want to miss this. Not everything you catch is worth keeping. 
Well, let me talk to you. First of all, that crowd that is looking for a mate. Marriage. <laughs> hey, listen, I, let me tell you something. Just because you can catch that boy, or just because you can catch that girl, or you caught, doesn't mean, doesn't mean they're the right one. Now, wait a minute. Some of you are saying, but I'm already dating. Are you trying to break this thing up? No, I'm not trying to break up something that's got, no, I'm not. But I am just saying this, moms, dads, would you not agree, uh, that not everything you catch is worth keeping. Hello. Hey, I had two daughters. That was more prominent to me as a dad. Uh, Girls, not everything you catch is worth keeping. That's very, very important for you to understand. And you say, well, how do I know the difference? Well, first of all, I'd say ask mom and dad. (laughs) That'll help you. If you'll do that, by the way, if you're afraid to ask mom and dad, that's already the red light. Hello. Come on now. Moms, dads, I need a good amen from you. All right, some of you are older, some of you are outside of the home, you, you know, and that's fine. Praise the Lord, you're single, and, and, that's, and you might say, well, how do I know? How do I know? Well, let me give you the obvious, the obvious. If they're ashamed to identify with Jesus Christ, their Savior, that's an ixnay. How can two walk together except they be agreed? Be agreed. Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Uh, you know, can, can uh, an unbeliever and a believer have fellowship in, in regards to that type of uh, marriage? I'm telling you, you're setting yourself up for trouble. Trouble, trouble. Not a, just because you caught them doesn't mean you ought to keep them. Hello. Now, if they get saved, get born again, and don't, listen, listen, I played that game. I remember before God, you know, there's a country song, I hate to say this, but you know, thank God for unanswered prayer. I do thank God for unanswered prayer. I remember praying for this gal that uh, she'd like me because I thought for sure she's the one for me and she just needed to know about it. (coughs) It didn't work out. That was kind of a bummer. But I'm thankful now. I'm glad God said no, 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 no. Um... Well, I kind of lost my train of thought there, but. <laughs> let, me, let me go back. Not everything you catch is worth keeping. <laughs> and let me say this. If you don't catch it, you can't keep it anyways. But see, that applies to dating. It does apply to dating. And I'm telling you, it's so important. It applies to job and money. Just because you can catch this job or that job. I know people, I know people who have left the will of God, left a good church for a, for a so-called good-paying job, but they didn't find a church in that new location, and they got away from the Lord, hear me, and it eventually affected their family, and they divorced, ruined it all. Bad choice. Just because they caught it didn't mean it was worth keeping. I mean, you, opportunities galore in our country right now, but not everything you catch is worth keeping. It's prudent, it's important that you and I as God's children, as, as people with the Bible, are able to discern this is good and this is bad. Because we choose. You know, in regards to money, Elimelech 
though he was going through some hard times, he saw opportunity in Moab and took it. He caught it, but he shouldn't have kept it. He lost his family, and he lost his life. I think of uh, Elisha. Now, Elisha had enough sense. When Namath, the Syrian, comes to him for a miracle, to be healed of his leprosy, Elisha says, you need to go dip in the water seven times. On the seventh time, you'll come out clean. Finally, Namath believed this. and or, eh, Namath. Namath. Naaman. Joe Namath. That fellow needs to dip in the water seven times, too, I think. Naaman. Naaman. So Naaman dips in the water seven times, comes out. He's, oh, his, his flesh, it, it's clean, it's whole, it's like baby skin. No more leprosy, no more scabs, no more dying flesh. He's so excited, he's so happy, he wants to go give Elisha a gift. He's got a huge financial gift he wants to give him. He comes to the door, knocks on the door, and says, I want to give you this gift. I'm so thankful. I believe in your God. Elisha says, no thanks. You see, not everything you catch is worth keeping. He didn't want Naaman. It's football season. I'm sorry. Naaman, Naaman. All right. He didn't want Naaman, Naaman to think the gift of God could be bought with money. So he sent him away. And now, guess what? Naaman would be indebted to God, not Elisha. Not Elisha being indebted to him. So Naaman leaves. And guess what happens? Gehazi's got a different plan. Gehazi, who's Elisha's servant, says, you know what? My master let this guy go. He had all this wealth. It could have benefited a lot of us, especially me. And so he leaves. He catches Naaman. He says, wait a minute. And, of course, Naaman remembers Gehazi. And so Gehazi lies. He lies. And he says, you know what? My master's changed his mind. And so Naaman gives him this wealth. Gehazi returns. Elisha says, didn't my heart go with you? Well, now the leprosy that was on him is going to land on you. Hey, Gehazi, just because you could catch it didn't mean you should keep it. Because not everything you catch is worth keeping. If you have to sacrifice your testimony or your integrity to get money... Uh, that's called a foul hook. Now, see, up in northern Michigan, when you fish for steelhead, you see, if you don't catch them in the mouth, and the game warden sees you pull that thing in, if you catch them anywhere but the mouth, and the game warden sees you pull them in, the game warden's going to take your stuff and probably take you too. It's called a foul, and guess what? Put the fish back. It's a foul hook. Come on, you fishermen know what I'm talking about? Not everything you catch is worth keeping. If you have to foul hook it, it's certainly not worth keeping. I move on here. I love the fishing analogy. I can go there. All right. <clears throat> What's next? Church membership and attendance. I want to tell you what. There's a lot of churches today. I'm just going to throw this out there. I'm going to be very general in my speaking. But there's a lot of so-called churches out there that are catching a lot of people, are they not? Wasn't it good that they're in church, that people are seeking the Lord? The question is, how are they seeking the Lord? Are they seeking the Lord, or are they seeking the rock band? 
No, I'm just telling you. Are they seeking the Lord or are they, are they seeking a soft peddling preacher who won't preach the whole Bible of God, whole counsel of God? Are, are they Hey, listen, if that church had to, had to water it down and jam it up to bring the crowd in, foul hook. You hear me? Foul hook. Now, I'm not knocking it. There's a lot of big churches out there that are doing the the right thing, and I praise the Lord. Any church that's preaching the truth, preaching the gospel, winning people to Christ, but they're not compromised. They're preaching the whole counsel of God. They're not just preaching about heaven, but they're preaching about hell. They're not just preaching about mercy, but they're preaching about the consequences of sin. By the way, who would worry about mercy if you didn't ever hear about the consequence of sin? You don't need it. Foul hook. See, the, the reality is even God in His Word tells us there's qualifications to church membership. we got some folks that are going to join the church today, and it's a blessing. You know what the qualifications are? They've got to be born again. They've got to be willing to identify that Jesus Christ is their Savior and that they have personally put their faith in Jesus and Him alone. They can't be ashamed of that. And then number two, they have to be dipped in water all the way under and brought out, baptized. To identify with the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. So we're going to have a couple baptisms as well. When they do those two things, they are members of the Lighthouse Baptist Church. We find in Acts 2.41, And they that gladly received His word were baptized. And the Lord added unto the church 3,000 people that day. That was quite a baptism. That was a stirring of the waters there. I wonder what the water looked like after number 3,000. Change the tub. <laughs> ah, they were in a lake, I'm sure. Or Jordan. But church membership, I mean, hey, listen, the reality is not everything you catch is worth keeping. Oh, here's another one, friendship. Well, aren't you supposed to be friends to everybody? You are, yes. But friendship involves influence. And we do need to be careful about how and who we let influence us. Talk to me, class. I mean, there's a reason the Bible says in Psalms chapter 1, verse 1, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. There's a reason the Bible says that he, blessed is that man. It doesn't mean he doesn't try to help them, doesn't try to care for them, but he's not going to let them influence him. And I'm here to tell you, just because, oh, you know, this is dangerous. At teens and adults, sometimes this happens. Well, they're the only crowd that'll be friendly to me. These people that smoke and cuss, and these people that do drugs, and these people that have all this, I know it's not right before God, the things they do at their house, but they're the only ones that invite me into their parties and all of that. Well, I'm sorry, I'm just here to tell you, just because you caught them, caught them doesn't mean you not need to uh, keep them in regards to them being that influence in your life, because they're going to affect you. I'm going to say this a hundred times before we're done, maybe more. Not everything you catch is worth keeping. Well, just because, listen, and that doesn't mean I, you don't like people. I love people. But I... I'm not going to let everybody that comes in contact with, me be, contact with me be my influence. Are you hearing me? I mean, we come in contact with a lot of people every day. If you're in school, if you're at work, if, if you're out in the city, if you're in sales, you do. And the reality is you just can't let everybody... Influ- and I'm getting ahead of myself because i got something else, another place I'm going. 
Oh, Nathan, you give me a good illustration here. Not every college acceptance is worth, worth keeping. So he's going to Bible college, and he's checking out different colleges. He sent out applications and all of that. And Man, he had a college up in Minnesota offered $13,000. Well, yippee-ki-yay is what I say. But the problem is this. I'd never heard of him. He'd never heard of him. And it wasn't the college he was actually... It was a different college than what he thought he was sending his application to. That's concerning. We don't know anything about their doctrinal stand. We don't know anything about their practice and their testimony. Oh, the money. Oh, yeah. But just because you catch them doesn't mean you should keep them. Because are they going to be the best for you? Hello? Here's another area. Time management. How many of you found in your life that has been a huge battle to manage your time? Absolutely. You know, just because you've attracted someone's attention does not mean you have time for them. Telemarketer. I got all these phone calls. People like me. Huh? Are you getting anything done? Are you getting anything done? Just because you catch them doesn't mean you have to keep them. I'm not about being rude, but some of them you can just say, what, what, click. <laughs> Man, I got stuff to do. And I'll tell you a good idea. I'll tell you just a little helpful hint here. Just, just for coming to church, you get this. Sometimes you don't even have to answer the phone. You know that? You, I, you know, I really think, I think, I think our generation needs to know this because I think we've got it under in our, in our head. You know, you're supposed to answer that cell phone every time it rings. It's not, it doesn't matter where you're at, what you're doing, you've got to answer that cell phone. As soon as it dings, you've got to find out what's going on there. Absolutely, if you don't, it's going to be sin, or they'll never contact you again. Oh, it's, you know, it's the most important thing in the whole world if you don't answer that. It doesn't matter if you're in the bathroom. It doesn't matter if you're talking to something. I've got to find out. I've got to find out. It doesn't matter if, if you're at the dinner table with family during family time. Oh, sorry, I'm checking out for a moment. Yes. You don't have to. It, it's quite liberating to know you don't have to answer that thing. As a matter of fact, you can leave that thing lay for a good long time. This would be a great challenge. People might think you fell off the planet if you didn't respond for a day. What happened? They don't answer the phone anymore. They don't send a text anymore. Come on, some of you remember the days of the shoulder of the phone. You get about 15 foot with the cord or so. All right. I can't. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, and you were stuck. Remember those days? Yeah. (laughs) Hey, here's it. This is what we're going to, this is the one I got to really zero in on. This is it. Our brains are nets. You know that? Every day my brain catches things. Every day my brain catches things that I like and I don't like. Every day there are things that go into my head that I want and there are things that go into my head that I don't want there. Every day I get some good and I get some bad. But the beauty is 
I don't have to keep everything I catch. The tragedy is, too often, we keep that which we don't need. Whether it's a temptation that continues to lead you astray, or whether it's a doubt in the Word of God, or an unnecessary guilt. And an unnecessary guilt is one that you've already confessed and forsaken, and you've already made right. Or whether it's the thought, you're a nobody. Don't even try. You can't make a difference. You don't need that in your head. Are you hearing me? See, the Bible says, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Every single day, children of God who should be living victorious Christian lives are gathering in their net lots of stuff. And they're keeping stuff they shouldn't, that won't help them. As a matter of fact, it'll poison them. You say, but preachers, in some cases, I put it there on purpose. Well, you can confess that, and you can move on. Because that's exactly what you need to do. And if you want to benefit, just keep the good stuff. Because this is a net that's being cast every single day. We're in church right now. You have the choice to listen to the Word of God, be part of the singing, be part of the service, to be a blessing, or to let your mind wander uh, elsewhere that you ha- about things that you have no control over. It's up to you to do the sorting. It's up to you to do the removing and the keeping. It's on you. To me, this is huge. You want your life to change? Learn to pull out the garbage. Just, I don't need that. I don't need that thought. I don't need, to, I don't need that thought that's telling me, just give up on life. That's a lie. Just throw in the towel because nobody cares. That's a lie. I heard of a report this week of a woman who got on drugs with children, who murdered her children, because the thoughts that she was thinking about were telling her, you need to kill your children. And it was complete deception. It started with the narcotics. And what you need to do is first tell yourself, I don't need that. I don't need a hallucinative. I don't need this drug. I don't need it. What you need is Jesus. What you need is the Word of God. There is power in the Word of God. You've got to decide. Listen, the world has messed with people's minds. They're searching everywhere for answers, and we got the answer. But what's happening is, even amongst ourselves, we're keeping too much garbage. God says, clean your net. Clean your net. Y'all with me? Your life can change. I mean, just like now, if you decide today is the first day of the rest of my life, I'm going to start living a life where I 
get rid of the junk that collects, whether it's external, by the way, or internal. Because sometimes thoughts, sometimes thoughts can go into your head that weren't put there from an outside influence. Your own wicked heart. Hello? Our own wicked heart. Well, I, Satan says to Eve, hath God said? Hey, Eve, you don't, you don't need to keep that. Toss that out, because you know what God said. Uh, uh, Achan says, you know, I saw and I coveted. The word covet means to think strongly about, to be desirous for. Oh, Achan, you better get that out of your net because that's going to destroy you and your family. You don't have to keep that. Don't you remember God's going to take care of you and you've got the whole rest of the land coming. And if you'll wait one more battle, you're going to have ten times more than this. Don't get greedy. You know what? People get impatient is what happens. They get impatient. I just don't think I'll be accepted by anybody else, so I'll take this guy or I'll take this girl. Cause I, hey, listen, George, oh, George Washington, he's a pretty wise fellow. You've probably heard of him. Uh, <clears throat> George said, better to have no company than bad company. Thank you, Mr. President, is what I have to say. That's good advice. By the way, I feel bad about using him, his first name like that. He's worthy of respect. So the conclusion. I don't have to keep everything I catch. You've got to say that and you've got to believe that. You've got to say that in your own heart and your mind and you've got to believe it. I don't have to. So why? So why? Father, bless the message. Thank you for the word of God. Those who are going to get baptized, if you'll slip out of your seats and go ahead and get ready. I ask, Lord, that your spirit would touch hearts and help people this morning. Number one, it may be there's somebody in the room that they don't know they'll go to heaven when they die. They don't want to die and go to hell, but they're not certain they'll go to heaven. I'd like to pray for them. I'd like to pray for you. If you're here and you'd say, Preacher, I am not sure. I am not certain about my eternity. I'd like to be, but I'm not certain. I don't want to go to hell. I don't. If you'll lift your hand up so I can see it, I will pray for you. Is there anyone like that at this time? God bless you, yes. Are there others? Say, Preacher, that's me. Would you lift your hand up so I can see it? Are there others? God bless you, yes. I see that hand as well. Yes, God bless you. I see that hand as well. Are there others? Are there others? They'd say, Preacher, I, I just want to know. I need assurance in my own heart. Pray for me. Would you lift your hand? Are there any others? All right. I want to, just those of you that raised your hand, just those of you that raised your hand, I, I want to help you. Nobody else is looking, but those of you that raised your hand, would you look at me for a moment? If you raised your hand, would you look at me for a moment? If I could have somebody show you from the Bible how you could be certain heaven would be your home, would you be willing to take a look at it with a nod of your head? Would you? Would you be willing to? If I could have somebody show you from the Bible how you could be sure that heaven would be your home, from Bible authority, would you be willing to look at it with a nod of your head? Would you? Okay, all right. What I'm going to do 
we got people that are going to be coming forward to pray. If you are willing to slip out of your seat, I know that's a big step. It's a big step. But you're among people that have already done it and that are for you. If you'd be willing to slip out of your seat and meet me right up front, I'll be able to share this with you. We're going to have a song of invitation. You do as the Lord leads. Maybe there's others in the crowd that would say, Preacher, the Lord spoke to my heart. I know what I need to do. And I just want to lift my hand as a testimony of that. Would you raise your hand? Anybody like that? The Lord has touched your heart, spoke to you about something. Okay, God bless you. God bless you. I want to encourage people. Uh, you respond. Use the altar, okay? Let the Lord speak to your heart. Don't be afraid of the altar. Bless our invitation. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother.